Hello, my name is Jose Alvarez. And I'm Corey Austin. And we're international school teachers in Monterrey, Mexico. I'm a middle school high school librarian. I'm an innovation coach. And we want to talk to you today about our podcast, Beyond Our Bell. In the Beyond Our Bell podcast, we want to explore and highlight those projects, activities, and programs that make schools unique. You know, those things that we really love about our schools, technology, innovation, design, sustainability, well-being. You can find our podcast at beyondourbell.com or you can write to us at beyondourbell at gmail.com. So let us know what's going on beyond your bell. My name is Ben Layton. I'm Mexican. My name is from Sierra England originally. And I'm 17 years old. My name is Laura. I'm from Canada. Corey Austin, and I'm here to share with you some personal stories and experiences with what it's like being new. In particular, I'm going to focus on what some experts call the expatriate adjustment life cycle. Yep, it's a thing. And anyone who has packed up and hit the road for greener pastures or simply leaving for a job can definitely relate to the ups and downs of this cycle. Regardless of the uniqueness of each overseas assignment, teacher, student, parent, professional, there is a predictable cycle of ups and downs that families and individuals will go through. So, working at the American School Foundation of Monterey, Mexico, myself and a couple of co-workers figured we had a great sampling pool to gather up, interview, and hear their stories. We wanted to hear firsthand what it's like to go through the adjustment life cycle. Let's start with the first stage of this cycle, the honeymoon stage. Now, I don't think you have to be married to understand this stage or analogy. At this point, the individual or family has the feeling that a dream has finally come true, and they're on an adventure of a lifetime. Everything seems new, exciting, exotic. I was in the honeymoon phase. Uh, my very my whole first year of Mexico. I just loved it here. I loved everything yeah. about it. Nothing frustrated me. I loved I loved every little thing. I definitely understand the different stages that people go through. It's um, all that excitement at the beginning and meeting new people, and then um, trying to become part of a community takes a lot of effort. Actually, my first few weeks here were more like exciting. As, like my parents kind of said I was the shiny new penny so I was like one of the only international students in grade 8 and so lots like a lot of my class members they were really interested and they like were genuinely interested in finding out more about me and it was only until like later on a bit later on that it kind of went like <laughs> the peak went down unfortunately honeymoons don't last forever once the individual or family emerges from the cocoon of the honeymoon state, the sparkle and luster fades and the reality of life in the new environment sets in. 
This downward slide in the adjustment cycle is referred to as culture shock. In many cases, feelings of isolation, communication issues, and discomfort with some aspect of the culture or local environment, August heat in Monterey, for example, are the root cause. I was very overwhelmed when I first came here. I thought the school was really big and like all the new the new culture was really different to what I what I was used to and I don't know, I really didn't like lunches and stuff cuz I don't know, there's just so many people everywhere and they're all like screaming like in Spanish and like everything was so different. Not that I would ever feel like I'm totally at ease here cuz there's always a little bit of that the challenge of like, oh, I need to get my car worked on, but they don't speak English, you know, so it makes it difficult um, in my limited Spanish to be able to communicate. But on some days it's fun though, you know, to try and figure it out. Oh, that made the like downhill much more difficult my second year, yeah. but like I, I, I became the closest to depressed I think I've ever been in my life, my second year here. And then I'm, I decided to actually go back to Canada at Christmas. And, um, I mean, you know, finished my contract out, but I made the decision to leave. Um, and then, you know, kind of once I made that decision, everything started to get better. <laughs> I don't know if I made peace with things or what happened, but things just started to get better. In the third and fourth stages, adaption finally sets in. This is when the return of investment occurs for the expat family, or for the student, for the teacher, or for the professional. Following a period of tremendous upheaval and a steep learning curve, these individuals finally become productive in the new environment. Family members become settled and learn to appreciate the new culture and that expatriate lifestyle. They have acquainted themselves with the local culture, enough to feel confident and comfortable. The language barriers are not as big issues anymore. They have made friends and their social networks are really starting to take place. I feel very much a part of Mexico. I feel part of this community. It's part, it's sometimes I wonder what it would be like for me to go back and live in the U.S. now. So my transition has been a lot more profound and complete than a lot of people's uh, because because now Mexico is my home, and, and this is where um, we live. This is where my kids feel like they're from. My spot here, like, I feel like everything was so different, but I got used to it, and I got to know a lot of people also from other schools, and that helped me a lot to, like, like it here, because right now I love being here. Definitely at the, I've come to terms with it. Like, I, I do like living here now. I think I've found my kind of way, like I've adapted pretty well and I'm just pretty used to this place. With most of the people we talk to, everyone seemed to reach this stage at different points and sometimes they flowed in and out of these stages. I don't know, I mean, just because I've done it a lot of times, I feel like I go from the first stage of, oh, it's all new, this is interesting, this is cool, and look at all this new stuff. And, um, and then kind of, and probably go through the second and third pretty quickly, and then I'm in the fourth stage. My first year in Mexico, you know, I went through the stages of adapting to a new country, but my stages were very long. Not surprisingly, simply finding your place socially had a lot to do with when they've reached the point of adaption 
dawned on me that I had made that transition. And that was, you know, I used to go home to Canada every summer and say, oh, one day we'll move to Canada. You know, one day we'll move back to Canada. And now I don't think that way. Now I go to Canada as a nice vacation, but I'm excited about coming back to my home. Hello, my name is Jose Alvarez, and we're going to be discussing the challenges of being new. In a little market, I was with some friends, and we were starving. And the only thing that they offered at that market was uh, dog, perro, uh, <laughs> and insectos, insects on a stick. And uh, we're, for me, with all respect, something that I will call we're. A bit stressed out about the new school and expectations? What about the city you are in, or the country? Is the grass really greener on the other side? <laughs> it depends. What would you choose to eat when the market menu seems to only offer dog or insects? While interviewing a number of ASFM teachers, two groups begin to clearly emerge. The sure and decided, and the cautious and discreet. The sure and decided, a few of them army brats, most of them full-on nomads that have been bouncing around countries so much that to them staying in one place feels like being grounded. They feed off the changes. Everything fits on their adventure. To them the discipline is the same every time and is mapped out by practice. Our second group, on the other hand, feels like they're being thrown in the current. Sink or swim kind of affair. Being new takes a toll on them. They are interested in taking a bite out of the adventure cape, but adaptability doesn't come natural to them. Even worse, in some cases, this adventure is a tacky brochure filled with cliches that they don't even choose. It's just the cards that they have been dealt with. Hitting the ground running is a phrase used commonly when starting a new year out of school. A great number of teachers and faculty are used to this expression and they know from experience that following the current will make it easier to connect with others. Or at the very least, take your mind away from negative aspects of being there. Finding a good route to school, a new favorite restaurant, that cereal you can't live without. A group of people to share all those things with. Having to navigate a new city, create new friendships, have somebody to do something with on the weekends, that can become a little bit more important. Of course, anytime you're new to a school, there's a lot of terminology, school culture, school expectations. Wanting familiarity right away and you don't always get that sometimes I feel I've been maybe accused of being too nice to people or putting myself out there a little too much I think people are really close-minded some of them are materialistic maybe but the thing is you have to um, find the right group to be with and you just have to try and don't be shy actually the more challenging thing for me is like the social aspect because I have, I would prefer to just have my group of friends that I'm close to, which tends to be a small group, and just comfortable with, and on you know lots of different levels, and just have those people. And you don't always get that right away, and I, and I do think that that's probably one of my biggest challenges. There's a term that was created to, you know, encompass this experience, and you can find it maybe as cultural adjustment as cultural shock, school shock, etc. And I think that this has 
most of the human experiences and phenomenons are um, it's a complex uh, kind of experience and because it involves many circumstances so the level of adjustment of a student or a person that is has to move abroad to a different country or um, yeah let's speak about countries or even cultures um, depends on factors such as is it the same language a different language is it I don't know what is the reason for this change Meaning, is the parents that needed to, you know, move to a different country because of a job thing, and the student is just like a, it's been dragged, a, yeah. you know, drag, and it's like a like an an effect of this change that doesn't really have to do with the student or the kid being the protagonist, you know, of this. Does it have to do with um, personality? There's kids, kids. We are there's people that are just easier than others about changes and it's just there are people that is just eager to try new things and new experiences but there's other people that really suffer you know when they have to be um, um, leaving that was Lilia Gonzalez our middle school high school psychologist for years now she has been working particularly with students around the subject of cultural shock and social skills when the frustration of being in an unwanted environment turns into depression or anger, it's very hard to find that adaptability compass. If your first line is being angry, many other things that happen with you, like your ability to learn, are not necessarily at their best, you know? Of course. So... Um, Let's, so that's when we see here that it's very important to find the balance between the academics and the social-emotional. And I think that this is not because I'm a psychologist, as I said before. I think that this is obvious when you have a bad attitude, if you want to call it like that. I mean, you are not going to be happy whatever you are in, in a new space uh, or school or, or city. So... All these factors that I was mentioning before add up to adjustment. In some situations, the language barrier can disguise learning afflictions that make even more severe the disconnection that some students are experiencing. We've had cases in which uh, it's difficult to differentiate Uh, because obviously all people has diff all sorts of um, uh, learning differences, talking about maybe ADDs or speech problems. And it sometimes when a kid is from a different language, it's hard to differentiate if it's just part of the adjustment, if it's because the student is lacking the necessary skills in the language, you know, let's say in English, mm -hmm. like in our case, Or maybe the kid is actually having a delay in their developmental, you know, language um, area. And how can you test, psychologically speaking, me being a psychologist, a kid in their level of uh, language development if the kid doesn't speak the language that you're going to have the test of, you know, even Spanish or English. So there's kids that have, uh, you know... Uh, all sorts of different problems in language and it's very hard to assess what is the origin or the cause of the problem and so what I sometimes I ended up doing is According to the United Nations Population Fund in 2015 
244 million people, or 3.3% of the world's population, live outside their country of origin. I can't help to think about migrants and refugees as they get displaced, neglected, and signaled. Certainly a more brutal trial of all the challenges we mention here. It definitely is hard to be the new kid in school, even with the best preparation, even with the best attitude. But people have been doing it for quite a while, and there's a lot of hope in that. That's how we populated this planet. That's how we will continue to evolve. Hello, my name's Liz Avery. As a person who is new every few years, I love hearing why people decided to move and be new. Some knew that I just um, didn't want to kind of settle. I wanted to like go out and see what else was out there. And for others, that's what makes it interesting and valuable to me. It's just something different that I don't know. Personally, I'm addicted to the adventure. I'm one of those people Jose talked about that feels weird staying in one place for too long. I've heard people say they did it because they got divorced or their kids left home or a relative died and they thought it was a good time to make more changes in their lives. And there are others who are experiencing the world before they have kids and settle down. I've seen a number of people fail at being new. The challenges and changes they face become too much and they head home after only a few weeks. Success at being new is not dependent on why you have done it. I've seen success and failure from a variety of original motivations. I believe it's dependent on what attitude you're bringing to it. A study done on the characteristics of successful expatriates by Kelly Ross identified the most important ones to be open-mindedness and flexibility, which is supported by blog posts and those online lists of top tips for moving countries. They all have open-mindedness and flexibility at the top of their lists. Which leads us to what advice would people give to others? To read a little bit about the different stages, if you could consider that it's going to be normal, completely normal, to love the country and then sort of hate the country. Trying to have a work-life balance, and I know that's easier said than done. Look for people who have similar interests with you. I think we, our friendships are based on things that, that we have in common. You have to try new things and like don't be afraid because because fear doesn't get you anywhere. Put yourself out there and meet people because when you first meet people you think like they already have like they already judged you, but in reality that's just in your mind. They just want to meet you and like if they don't, well, just go away and there there will be people who want to meet you. For me I say, lower your standards. It's going to be different, so expect different. And don't let different throw you off. Also, I personally don't read much about a country before going, as it leads to expectations, and set expectations can lead to disappointments. However, the article, Top Tips for a Successful Expat Assignment, that was published in the UK Telegraph in 2011, says the exact opposite, that you should go in prepared. The difference is they're talking about moving with your family, and I travel alone, so I am allowed to cherish my ignorance. Some other advice is... There's good things in everybody. I think that's an important thing to remember too. 
think being flexible is incredibly important. Try to not be so shy and try to be more outgoing like with meeting new people because people really like other people who introduce themselves on the first time. Dedicate, you know, once a month, a weekend to just exploring the city itself instead of always traveling outside the city. Keeping an open mind and, um, and, an, and an open heart, really, and a good attitude about stuff will help you to see the good things in other people and not the things that separate us. The themes come back to being open-minded and hearted and also taking the time to really join your greater community rather than have your new life revolve around your work or one place. I think it comes down to how committed you are to the new location being home. Are you 100% there? And are you making decisions and choices that reflect that? Interestingly, if you ask an expat, where's home? The answer is rarely one location. And most often you get ums and ahs as they figure out what question you're actually asking. For example, did you mean, where did you grow up? What suburb did you live in? How far is it to work every day? Where's your family based? Or, depending on the conversation, you might have meant, where do you consider home to be? For expats, home is not a nailed down concept. And certainly for the people that are new, it might be in flux. So where do you want your home to be? Would you do this? Would you be new? Would you do it again? Should you? I'll let Ben, Jane and Gabe answer that. It's just such a hassle and adjustment period and there's a lot of unknowns and it's expensive. So yes, I would do it again, but I, I think I'm at a stage where I have to think about it. Yeah, that would be my advice would be like, if you're thinking of becoming new, making the move, then yeah, it's probably worth doing. Just go and get outside of your bubble and try and learn and see what is around you and experience the place and learn from that. Being new happens to everyone. And like, although the decision to do it with so many facets of your life, you're changing countries, you're changing cultures, you're changing languages, you're changing social circles, you're changing jobs. You shouldn't take that decision lightly but it could also end up being the best decision you make i think for me sometimes it's hard for me not to think how to make the, the, that honeymoon feeling last forever i think i got into traveling around and, and work and teaching for that purpose for that feeling of being new in a new place um, now that i've been in one place for probably the longest i have been in the last 15 years um, i'm starting to feel comfortable and i'm uh, and i'm just trying to find the balance between searching for the, the never-ending honeymoon, but also with, you know, starting a family and having roots and settling down. So I think it's an interesting kind of adventure or new adventure to seek out and find answers to. I think I've definitely come with terms with the fact that the honeymoon will not last forever and neither will the challenges. It's all cycles that are ageless. You know, the tide is high and the tide will be low. You just got to keep swimming. You can go through all those cycles in one day. You can have your honeymoon, you can have your bad moments, and they're all going to come every day, and you just have to focus on those honeymoon moments, I guess. 
be prepared for it, right? It's, it's, it's there. It's not going to yeah. go away. I think, too, something that, that uh, it's important to mention is just the, the, the advice people were giving about how to, you know, how to deal with the, the, the biggest challenges of being new. And, and I hope people can take that away from, from this podcast is, is what advice people did give, having an open mind, being patient, and, you know, finding your, your tribe, I guess. Uh, to be with, so I think that's a, a takeaway for me, for sure. And also, um, it's a probably a good time to really thank the, all the students and teachers that gave us their time and were willing, almost eager to share this for maybe future teachers, future generations. And special thanks to Christian Malkotel, 2017 ASFM graduate, for recording the amazing music that you guys been listening to through this podcast. Yeah, thanks everyone. Yes, thanks for listening and stay tuned.